Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, bi-weekly minefield, frozen locks, demolition, and which way is the Earth's core spinning today? Now, Lippy. Hello. Last episode, because it wasn't last yeah. week, was it? it was two weeks no. ago. Last episode, I or you used the term bi-weekly. And there was yes. a little bit of confusion. And you mm. were worried because you'd set up a calendar entry for bi-weekly. So I jumped on to internet and had a look at the uh, the meaning. And it says, done, produced, or occurring every two weeks or twice a week. How silly <laughs> is that? Uh, well, it's consigned to the box marked next week, this week, and now midnight. Yes. Yeah. All of those cause confusion. I am all in favour of absolute dates on things. Mm, yeah. I think if I was saying, I would say twice a week if I wanted something that was two times a week. Yes, just avoid the phrase bi-weekly yeah. completely. And then every other week. Every other week. Yes, indeed. So we're every other week. Yes, every other yes. week. And the, the word other in there worries me slightly, but <laughs> every two weeks. Every fortnight, twice a month. Yeah, you get the picture. Anyway, I had a, a fun fact last episode that wasn't too much fun. It involved a, an aircraft being hit by lightning. Impressive. Uh, it was impressive. So a 17-year-old Julianne Kopka fell two miles to the ground, structure seat, and survived the whole experience. She spent 10 days in the Amazon jungle, uh, then found a boat, and one of the wounds she'd been inflicted with had maggots in it it's not very pleasant so she tipped a bit of petrol in there to get rid of the maggots which worked and that's really where the story ended so there was quite a lot of information on it and julianne does spend quite a bit of time going around talking to people about it so she's, she's quite a advocator of of survival clearly so she got to the boat with the petrol the returning fisherman found her gave her proper first aid rather than pints of, of petrol and used a canoe to transport her to a more inhabited island and from there she was airlifted to hospital mm -hmm. so, but there's lots of speculation about why she survived and a couple of reasons one is that she was actually in a seat of three and she was the only one on the seat and the whole seat dropped which offers quite a bit okay. of wind resistance yes and, and the other thing was Obviously, there was a thunderstorm because of the lightning. And actually, the updraft of the thunderstorm uh, sort of lessened. Well, it was a bit denser air, so it was harder to get through. And also, there was thick foliage where she landed. So mm. that would have cushioned the blow a bit. But interestingly, 14 other passengers had survived the crash, but died whilst waiting to be rescued. So they didn't ah. have the same survival instinct. Mm. So not a fun fact. But, or might have uh, been injured in a way that meant they couldn't move. Potentially, yeah. Mm. But I, I'm guessing this was, you know, if it took 10 days to get out of the crash site, then it was some fair distance. As I say, if you've got a, you know, even a dodgy ankle, it's going to be hard going. Yeah, 100%. And also we talked about Ken Bruce departing Radio 2 and mm. what's going to happen with Popmaster. Well, Ken Bruce is going to Greatest Hits Radio and he's taking Popmaster with him. Oh, so you're moving over to Greatest Hits Radio. <laughs> I'll be honest, we tend to only listen to Popmaster if we're in the car together 
or we're okay. on holiday and we have the radio on. So I don't tend to listen it mm. listen to it during the week. Well, at reason. least you know where it'll be when you want to listen to it. Exactly that. Exactly. Except it's on one of these newfangled dab radio things. <laughs> what <Yes>. is that? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, just after the last episode, we came to yours and did a bit of bathroom demolition. We did. That was fun and surprisingly speedy. I I was pleasantly surprised. Mm. So we had a bath, toilet and sink to remove, which I was fairly confident would come out fairly easily because I've got an angle grinder and a big hammer. So yes. they were coming out one way or the other. The mm. tiles worries me a lot because if they're glued to the wall really well, it's just a never-ending task. But they weren't. They were perfectly glued. And they were coming off in almost whole, some of them, and some of them in twos and fours. It uh, yeah. was was really quite straightforward. Very impressive. Just small, small injury on one finger. That was the Oh, only thing. no. I didn't know you had injured yourself. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I was about to call the air ambulance, but so I thought oh, yes. probably be okay. But the revelation was Duck Boy uh, taking over the the tile removing mm. tool and absolutely smashing it in all senses of the word. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think he quite enjoyed it actually getting to do some proper labor. Yes. Unfortunately he picked an area to start, which with hindsight was actually quite well stuck on. It was on sort of <laughs> some breeze block. So he struggled to begin with. And then after he got off about four or five tiles, he was just off. He was Flew. absolutely loving it. Flew Got off. a very manly picture of him as well. You do, don't you? That is mm. a particularly full-on Terminator with a, an SDS drill. <laughs> yeah. So we've been a bit sporadic with the podcast over the last, well, a couple of months, really. I yes. Guess. And the numbering seems to have gone all awry. How so has that happened? Yeah, we've missed number 92 somehow. I don't know how that's happened. Oh, no. No, so we've gone from 91 to 93. Uh, Last ones that I had in the folder where I have all the files and stuff, it it ranged from 93 through to 98 for some reason. Oh, impressive. I I completely lost my ability to write numbers. Count. This is 94. So 92 is lost in time. That's that's never going to happen. I have Um, a feeling I could figure out where it went. Oh, where's that? I think you made the notes for an episode... And then we didn't do it. And then you oh, li- made possibly. the notes for the next episode as 93. And then them. Yeah. And didn't put 92. very likely. Oh, I'm a genius um, today. I've had two very geniusic moments. Genie-eye moments? Genie-eye moments. No, genius moments. 92 is definitely, definitely disappeared Arrive. off the face of the earth. But I suspect that's what it, what it is, where... We didn't do one and then got very confused. Mm. But, um, so if you are counting numbers, then I, 92 is... <laughs> We've made them up. <laughs> it's a bit like in the stamp where the head's the wrong way round or some something where something's missing from a book that makes it a special <laughs> and valuable edition. So mm. it's a little bit like that, but will never exist. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had quite cold weather. We had lots of oh, icing up, which not awful. too much of a problem for me because I'm now completely home-based. Mm. But uh, we did come over to you for the bathroom exercise. Uh, the car I hadn't driven for a oh, good week or so was so mm. stuck with the locks. And it's an old car and the blipper thing 
to open it stopped working years ago, so you have to open it with a key. Yeah. And obviously there must have been water or something in there. And it took 10 minutes to get in there, and a combination of de-icer and, and heating the key <laughs> with a cigarette lighter just to try and thaw the ice out. So it's a very a real... Yes, I actually have quite a funny story about icing cars and oh, go on, then. stuck doors. Not for myself, actually. For my boss's boss told me Ooh. this. I I feel like probably in confidence, but you know what? Well, they it's all anonymous. Um, so they have a Land Rover Defender, and was they had a gym session in the morning, and was up. I think they said about six a.m. So it was like really like frozen yeah. still. Went to try and get in the car, couldn't get in the driver's side. Like couldn't get the door open at all. So I went round, got in the passenger side and closed the door behind them. Turned the car on to start heating it or whatever. Went to get back out the car and couldn't open the passenger door again. Oh no. Don't know what had happened, but just couldn't couldn't get out that way. Realised they didn't have their phone on them. And although their wife was inside still, they just assumed that they... Well, he assumed that his wife would have just kind of thought, oh, he's gone off to the gym and not said goodbye. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. he started when he was telling me the story. You could tell, you could see the panic on his face. He was mm. like starting to panic that he was trapped inside the car. So he was trying everything, trying all the locks. Eventually, managed to get one of the windows down <laughs> and climbed out the side window. Oh no! <laughs> so that he could then go and get his phone and get back in the car and drive off to the the gym. The problem with new cars is that all the switches and stuff. They're, they're not mechanical, they're electrical. Mm. So if you're pulling the lever inside the car, it's operate a little servo motor. And if that's I start, despite the fact you got in through the handle, Doesn't it's not the same, the same bit. Yeah. So yeah, I can see how that could happen. Mm. I think the moral of the story is take your phone absolutely everywhere with you. <laughs> yes, you never know yes. when you're going to get, going to get stuck. Stuck in a car. <laughs> but it amazes me. We still have a problem with cars icing up in this day and age. Mm. Yes, I've seen a lot of TikToks, because I'm allowed to go on TikTok because I'm a millennial, um, of people okay. thinking it was a good idea to pour boiling water over their yeah, windscreen that's, that's not to then idea. de-ice it, and then two seconds later the whole windscreen just smashing everywhere. Yeah. yeah, that's not a good idea. I think you can get away with lukewarm water, but mm. in my view, if you're pouring water on it, that's going to freeze somewhere else. So I'm not yes. sure that's a great idea. And the hot, the cold, super cold, super hot, not good for glass no not good for skin either it's not good for anything really I, i've no. broken a couple of plates by taking something out of the fridge something on it to heat up for lunch you and microwave then, and then, then yeah. the plates in two halves so i've stopped doing that now well if you burn yourself as well you're not meant to run it under cold water it's meant to be lukewarm mm, because uh. it's bad for your skin where it's obviously boiling where it's burnt to then put it under cold water because again it's that shock of temperature change yeah. on your skin so to to you're meant to put lukewarm water and then slowly make it colder to help okay soothe the burn first aid there good piece of advice there thank you anyway back to the frozen locks back in the 80s oh, yes. i had this little aerosol with a funny shaped thing on the end that you could actually put in the lock and then squeeze the ice straight into it, which mm. is quite good. But I'd be very keen to hear of things that you can do to stop it freezing in the first place. Yes. 
and I don't know whether it needs taken apart from the inside and lubricating with graphite rather than oil. Which I wouldn't is know. Quite, no, I'm not entirely. Well, you should lubricate a lot with graphite, not oil, for some reason. <laughs> but I think the problem is when it's freezing cold and you're trying to get it in the car, that's not the time to start thinking about it. So, it is not, no. no. So cigarette lighter on the key does work. <laughs> now, as you know, I get a bit annoyed about some things. Um, no, sorry. <laughs> that's a shocking statement. <laughs> it is. You get annoyed about everything. I do get annoyed about everything. Don't be silly. <laughs> One of the things that does rub me up the wrong way is mm. the use of over and out. Oh. Because it's wrong. It's, it's simply wrong. And it annoys it me does. that people that make television programs and films don't know about it and get it right. Um, we've, I think we've spoken about this very recently on the podcast. Many, many times. Because um, I'm pretty sure I managed to slip in over and out before it ended. I think you did. Yes, I do. I think I may have cut that out, though, just then. <gasps> Rude. Pure pettiness. <laughs> uh, well, interesting. We started watching a series on Disney called The Orville, which is a modern-day version of Star Trek with more humour. It's a really good series. Mm. And they use the terms correctly. So, yeah, Oh, that's good. Anyway, I was watching an old episode of The Big Bang Theory, and I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed those. They are very, yes. very funny. And Sheldon, who knows everything, if you've not seen the mm. series, who absolutely thinks he knows everything, is communicating with Howard on the International Space Station. Oh, yeah. And then Sheldon says, over and out. Oh! <gasps> He I does mean, not. He does. He I would was never say that. That character should never say that. Never. No. That is so wrong. It is. So that's James Bond and Sheldon Cooper both fallen into the overlap Both trap. in the bad book. They are on the list. Boys, you are, are on the list. On the naughty list. Now, while we're talking of TV programmes, I've mm. only seen the first episode of The Apprentice. Oh, it doesn't get much better. This is what worries me a bit. Lots of shouting. I think it might pick up to the end, towards the end, as it tends to. Mm. But it it struck me watching an old episode of Hustle, which is a series that we both enjoyed. We do. And almost took it more as a how-to guide rather than entertainment. (laughs) Pipe dream. (laughs) I'd argue that Hustle is a better business program than The Apprentice. You learn more from that. Oh, I think I'd agree. Yeah. And I know the the storylines are, are really far fetched. And, you know, there's people on there that can do absolutely everything. Mm. Um, never matter what, doesn't matter whatever it is. But it does show you that planning and practice and teamwork really counts when you're trying to do something difficult. Yeah. Which it's the difference between winning and losing? Well, it is. And you look at The Apprentice, and it has none of those whatsoever. Not at the moment. No, well, they don't. They're all just it's, fighting for attention. Yes, and I think, unfortunately, that's the sort of character that they they get as contestants. They they go for a more of an entertainment angle now than an actual business person. Yes, I'd completely agree with that. I think that's been the case for a long while. Mm. And in fact, I read something during the week where Alan Sugar was saying his most successful uh, winner, and it was Ricky Martin, and I don't can't remember what he did but that is a good few series ago ricky martin isn't he the singer he is a singer but he was also <laughs> a different ricky martin was the winner of the apprentice and i can't remember what he did it might have been 
recruitment. I can't, I can't remember, but it was a long while ago. So it shows you how long it's been since really there's been a decent series of people that actually can spill business. It was recruitment consultants. It was recruitment. Mm. But I may have read it in the article and just not tweaked it. If you see what I mean. Yes, yes. Subconsciously noticed. Now, last episode, we talked about Mr. Zamboni. Yes. one of our highlights of last year. Mm. And he sent a little message through the gram. The gram. He, <laughs> he seems to have promoted himself to a doctor, though. I'm cool with that. I like the idea of our yeah. being morphing, a bit like the Duck Whisperer becoming Duck Boy. Duck Boy. Mm. So, Who is actually Zamboni, listening? Yes, so I hear. Yes. So, so Dr. Nice. Zamboni, who is alive and well, and who said he loves the father-daughter dynamic. I have two of my own. Dr. Zamboni, I know how hard that is to have two <laughs> daughters. It's not hard. It I'm is. a delight. The other one's hard. Jokes. <laughs> well, the other one's birthday today as we recorded this. I know, and I keep reminding her that she's 30 in two years. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of us twice that in a few months, so just hush on that front. So nice to hear from you, Dr. Zamboni. Very nice. Now, Saturday was the Horse Whisperer's birthday dinner. Birthday dinner, we had yes. A very, very pleasant meal oh. at a pub we haven't. Well, I've never been to. I've driven past mm. it many times, and I've never been in there. And the food was absolutely fantastic. Incredible. Yeah, really very, yeah. very good. And uh, we'll definitely be going back there. Oh, yes, but please. you came over earlier in the afternoon, and you suddenly blurted out about the Earth's core spinning in the opposite direction. I did. I so did would you like out. to explain some of this? Well, the way I the, the only information I know is still the information I told you on Saturday. I haven't really read much further into it other than I would like to start this by saying I don't know if it's true. I just heard it and and was interested to see what other people thought. So it was more of a conversation starter than me throwing a fact out there that yes, I thought I, was a fact. I understand that. Yes, okay. That's fine then. Um yeah, so I saw a video that apparently the Earth's core has started going in the other direction, which will slowly... We're still spinning the other way. So it will start to slow our spin and then eventually spin in the other direction. But according to video I watched, it said it happens every 60 years and it aligns with major... I can't be 60 years though, because that's not that long ago. But anyway, apparently it aligns with some major environmental, like, volcanoes, tornadoes, etc. Well, which is why they think it's... Yeah, oh, is it specifically earthquakes? Earth, That's earthquakes. good. So, uh, My video didn't say that, well. it just said yeah. environmental things. Well, it is sort of environmentally. I mean, initially when you hear that, you just go, well, that is just hokum. It's just nonsense. But it's not, yeah. actually. And, but not all scientists agree. So... Mm. It's when do scientists ever agree? Um, that's a very good question, and I can't answer that. But I think the problem with this is it's very hard to say with absolute certainty this is what happens. But this is what science is about. It's about positing something and then trying to disprove it. Mm-hmm. And maybe the earthquakes are significant in improving that this happens. So the core seems to be able to rotate completely independently of the rest of the 
Earth. Yes. And according to this article on Nature magazine, it will turn one way, slow right down, and then turn the other way. That could be every 60-ish years. It doesn't change the rotation of the Earth. That's good that, then, because that would really screw thing. us over. <laughs> well, it would it would cause a few problems, I think, as it slowed down and then stopped. Mm. I, I don't quite know what effect that would have, but I feel it would be catastrophic. I feel like it would be good if you were stuck in the sun. No. No, it wouldn't Stuck be. at like sunrise or sunset. Well, half of the, you know, half of the world would be freezing dark. cold and very yeah. dark. Or possibly more than half, actually, which could be... A, I'd a rather be either in sunrise or sunset. That's where I'd yeah, like some, to be stuck. Somewhere between the two. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's not to be worried about because that's not what happens. No. It's, it's the core changing direction, which is a weird thing. And I still, uh, I've read a couple of articles. I still can't quite get my head around it. It does mm. seem a bit bonkers. What effect that has on the outside of the earth, apart from a few earthquakes, is, is hard to know, but does make you wonder about all sorts of things where we're saying this, that, or the other is happening. Well, maybe it's to do to do with things like this. I yeah. Don't know. You don't know, do you? Hard to work these things out. It is, but I think the takeaway from this is if you hear something that sounds so outlandish, <laughs> it can't possibly be true. <laughs> and come from your youngest daughter who tends yeah. to say things that aren't true. <laughs> well, you must have heard it, and you don't read the Daily Mail I don't no. believe. So it's, uh, yes, likely to be. The only reason I actually relayed the information is because I follow a TikTok account where a guy, he talks about lots of news things going mm. on, but he is quite factual about it. And he was the one I had learned about the line from, which is yes. the, the the city that's in a big wall, glass yeah. wall, basically. Which is why I relayed it, because actually I do think he does a lot of research into what he says. He doesn't just blurt things out that he reads. He reads a lot into them before going into it. So that's where I get my news from, really. That was very good. Very good. As long as you back it up with a bit more research on your own, then it's as oh, no, good a source as any. <laughs> Will you let me do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I tell you and you tell me if I'm completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have staff, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Before I go around telling it to other people, like I've been telling, I've been there's something I've been I've been saying for years, and then I got told the other day that I was completely wrong. Oh, that cafe that tea has more caffeine in it than coffee. <laughs> I've been telling people that for years, but it's not. Know, it's a tea know. leaf in its natural yeah. form has more caffeine in it than a coffee bean. In its natural form. Oh, I see. Yes, that yeah, is. Yeah, so well, very different. <laughs> needs a little bit more qualification. But I'd definitely be going around saying a cup of tea has more caffeine than a cup of coffee, which is Yeah, wrong. well, that, yes, that's not right. That's mm. not, yes, not right at all. So in a slightly related topic. Um, Jar. This is, yes, this is about astronomical events rather than seismic events. Mm. A couple of days ago, well, day before, day before this is going out, there's been a meteorite that's passed very close to Earth. And it's about the size of a supermarket delivery truck, I believe. And wow. it's actually between the Earth and some satellites. So it is quite a close event. And the power, well, NASA and other official bodies have said if it hit the atmosphere, it will burn up. So it 
poses no risk whatsoever to the Earth. But it was found by an amateur astronomer, which is quite interesting. Mm. And there's also another event um, very soon, which is this comet that's not been seen since Neanderthal times and um, will probably never be seen again because it will it'll burn up. It will just disappear next time it comes around. So it made me wonder what other sciences are there where a s- amateur um, enthusiasts, yeah, people, mm. play such an important role in that science because there's a number of uh, this is the guy that spotted the um, asteroid has spotted other things that professional astronomers hadn't seen. Just for looking in the right place at the right time. That's belittling it slightly, I think. But basically, oh, okay. yes, <laughs> I've been able to recognise what it is. Yes. Oh, but yeah. Obviously, do... but like look, but looking and knowing. Yes. Yes. It's, yes. it's looking with expertise, I guess. But yes. you know, over the last. 30, 40 years, there's been a number of discoveries by amateur astronomers. And I don't think there's any other field that that happens. I don't think so, no. You wouldn't get an amateur walking into surgery and being like, I can do this. <laughs> no, or discover the, something about the human body. There may have been earlier on. So mm. maybe it's to do with how that science has progressed. Yes. And interested, we know more about the stars and planets than we do about the bottom of the ocean which is interesting, so maybe... But then getting down there is quite tricky. Mm. So cost of entering that science is very expensive compared to astronomy, which is relatively cheap. It's not Yeah. Have you heard free, the rumour about that, though? Which one? About why we don't why we don't look in the ocean. No. Because there's the rumour... Because, you know, NASA was exploring the sea before the, the sky. Well, not the sky, the universe, the outside bit. Presumably they weren't called NASA, though. No, they weren't. But apparently the story goes that they found something so terrifying that was going to happen or emerge that they started looking for other planets for us to live on. Really? Yeah, that's the story. Um, It's a load of rubbish, but it's the story. Now, (laughs) let's go back to the original point about NASA being responsible Mm. for... Uh, looking in the oceans so this claim was made in a tiktok video that's where i've seen it it is the daily mail of the millennials and it's not not the case at all well there's no evidence to suggest that they wouldn't want us panicking would they so they wouldn't they wouldn't (laughs) said like a true conspiracy theorist thank you thank you (laughs) that's what they want you to think (laughs) that's why it happens Anyway, so if you are going into the ocean this weekend, then there's probably nothing nasty in there apart from... Sharks. If it's, well, some poo if you're around the British Isles. Yeah, and if you're in Australia, a deadly shark. Deadly shark, yes. Oh, talking of Australia, the, I had a message from the Screaming Tomato. And what a good link that was. It was, wasn't it? We don't just throw <laughs> this together. We do not. Uh, who's very keen to come on as a guest presenter while you're Ooh, on honeymoon. Oh, that's not a bad idea. And and I was trying, I was thinking how long I've known him. And actually, I've known him longer than I've known you. Wow. I worked with him before you were born. So Impressive. Not much more, but... It's like at least 27 years. So. Yes, indeed. So wow. um, he will bring his own... Uh, own unique talents uh, 
obscure facts. And, it might yeah. end up being two episodes with the length of time I'm away. Well, that would be very cool. I think what we'll do is probably record them in advance because of timing. Oh, yes. Um, although we do seem to have conversations early in the morning and late at night here, so it's, it's only 12 hours apart. Yes, so it's my friend that lives in Australia, although I know the different parts, Australia is rather large, so like if they're not in the same bit, but 11 o'clock is normally a good time. 11 a.m. UK 11 a. Well, is a decent-ish then. time in Australia. could possibly do it when I'm working. Well, a weekend. Oh, yeah, that's true. Could do. <laughs> Could do. I'm sure we can sort something out anyway. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be great. We haven't spoken for a very long while, but we do communicate frequently over various things. Over the gram? Platforms. Over the, no, not over the gram, over the book. The Facebook. Facebook. Got you. That took me a while, that one. Anyway, one of the reasons we've dropped down to every two weeks is the fact I had a a record turntable in 110 pieces. Yes. And I'm pleased to say I have no pieces left over, although I did lose a tiny Ooh. little spring. Uh, and it's working. Wow, well done. Yeah, I'm really pleased with that. So That's the first, very impressive. first record I played was Dark Side of the Moon, which uh, crackled and popped like a, well, fish fryer. <laughs> and um, so I've got a record washing thing coming in the next Ooh. couple of days, which uh, clean them. cleans them because apparently the crackles and pops tend to be dust and dirt in the grooves. Oh, so it'll be interesting to see whether you have to but play me something pleased. when I come over next. I will do that, um, but I'm now keen to go buy some albums. Yeah, yes. so there's plenty of second well, record shops around. As I learnt from The Apprentice last week, you can buy Waterloo by ABBA for one pound. Yeah, I won't be buying that one. Dancing Queen? No. Okay. No, I'm not sure what I'm going to be looking for, but it will certainly have a classical element because I do quite like classical mm. music and there's something different about it on On, on a record. Yes. But uh, one of the problems I have with it is it's got adjustable speed on it. So you set it at 33 and a third, but it's it's got an adjustment on it. It's got a little wheel that does delicate adjustment. But mm. you have to get that pretty much right to begin with. By I mean, yes. it's literally... Um, turning a nut left and right and um, the way I've done it before is you get a strobe disc which mm-hmm. you print out put it on a turntable and the idea is when you show a light on it that's flashing on and off 50 times a second the and the speed of the turntable's right then the lines are stationary you don't see them move so yeah. I did this and then realized that actually we've, we don't have any old-fashioned light bulbs. They're all mm-hmm. LEDs and that didn't work at all. So oh. fortunately I found this old light that's in the sort of pile of stuff to, to go somewhere with an old-fashioned light bulb in it and I was able to adjust mm. it and you put the record on. You had a light bulb moment. It was a bit of a light bulb moment, but it wasn't quite right. You could hear it was a bit slow, so I had another go and, and got it. I thought, oh, that, that looks like it's stationary, but I'm not 100% certain. So I started looking at other things you could buy. They're really expensive. And then I found, would you believe this, a mobile phone app. And you literally you? You put the phone, yep, you put the phone on the turntable. And it and out. You press start, you start the turntable going around, and it goes around for 30 seconds or so, and then it gives you the speed. That's and impressive. It was, it was 
very, very impressive. Um, I'm not sure it's massively um, precise or accurate, but it's close enough. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that but I have cool. found there's a whole load of accessories you can buy. You can spend a fortune on. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me. No, I was well. I was looking at this record cleaner which is for very dirty records called degritter that was good i wonder how much that is two and a half thousand pounds stop yeah. right oh no god so I, bought, no. I bought one for 35 oh yeah pounds. that makes sense so i have got a small pile of records here i think there are more in the loft but they're right at the back of the loft I do have a, a small collection here to work my way through. And uh, oh. we'll be getting some oddballs, I think, yeah. starting at the um, charity shops in the village. I'm sure they'll have loads. The other reason we're doing it every other week is because of my wedding. And oh, I had a disaster yeah. this weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> well, not, it's not really. Like, it's fine. It is fine. But we saw our florist, who I'd highly recommend Long Acres in Bagshot. Because it's super cheap and the people there are so lovely and they don't work on commission. So they're just kind of like throwing stuff in and okay. suggesting, making suggestions, which is where the where the issue came in, you see. Oh. So we, for our centerpieces, have three different sized um, glass cylinders, which then have long pillar candles in of different sizes. And our florist said that we can either buy the candles through them or we can get the candles from somewhere else and they'll put them in the vases and stuff for them on the day so she went and got the candles to give us the pricing of theirs and it was not silly expensive but a lot more expensive than ikea and we had we were going for lunch at duck boy's um, parents house in the afternoon so we thought oh we've got some time to kill let's go to ikea and just buy the candles now and there was a couple things other things we needed for the wedding from ikea so went went over to ikea bought all our candles which is three candles per table and we have nine tables so that's a lot of candles (laughs) yes a lot of candles 27 Um, yes 27 candles so yeah all cool then monday had a voicemail from the florist to say that she was really sorry she's really looked through the thing and they had actually included because you pay a set amount for a centerpiece okay and because our centerpiece was quite simple they had included the cost of the candles in with the set price for the centerpiece, which now means oh. we have 27 candles Ooh. that we need to take back to Ikea. <laughs> I was going to say, you should be able to take them back. Oh, before. yeah. I hope so. We're going on Friday. <laughs> Where's your nearest Ikea? Reading. It's only about oh, yes, 30 minutes. Yes, of course. Minutes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I forgot there was one there. Mm-hmm. So Super close. Wembley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. So, oh, well. Um, oh, well. That was a fun trip. I mean, I did need vases as well, which... I bought super cute vases for the bridesmaids' bouquets to go in on the table, just give them a bit of water. pound fifty each. I know, it is astonishing, isn't it? can't believe how cheap. And they're glass, like decent size, cute. Yeah. Loved it. It's great. Yeah, it is astonishingly good value for money there. Mm. Talking of disasters. Yes. I had a phone call on, I think it was Wednesday lunchtime. Hmm. No, an, it was Friday. Friday lunchtime, yes. Friday mm. lunchtime from an unknown number, which I don't normally uh, answer, but I thought I'd better. And uh, this voice said, um, is that Nigel? I went, yes. He said, well, you don't know me. Uh, my name's <laughs> Dave. Um, your wife's just had a bit of a bicycle accident. <laughs> uh, 
what? She said, yes, it's outside such and such. And I went, okay, I'll be there in, in, as soon as I can. So mm-hmm. obviously dropped everything, put some trousers on because I was still wearing pajama bottoms. Obviously. And uh, obviously. And um, jumped in the car and ran, ran down there. And of course, as you're going, all sorts of things are going through your mind. Mm. So when I saw her standing up from a distance, I was quite relieved. Yes. And she was standing at the back of a Range Rover. And um, as I pulled past it, I looked to my right, and I have never seen anybody covered in as much mud as <laughs> as she had been. So I then had to drive around a bit of a triangle to turn the car around, and I did have a little smirk a bit of a, to myself. Bit of a giggle. <laughs> it was very very funny. So what had happened? She'd been up for a um, gym session and cycled there and back again, uh, which is very commendable. Well, cycled there. You cycled there and half cycled back. And uh, as she was joining uh, the road that feeds into the village, um, there's a pothole running along the white line in the middle. We all got caught in that, lost the balance a bit, hurtled towards the curb, hit the curb. One of the front forks snapped, which I am still absolutely amazed and uh-huh. slightly horrified at. And she ended up on on the floor. But unfortunately, this was in the bus stop, which is sort of a combination of mud and diesel. Mm. so the stuff was horrible it was it reminded me of bosom mud um for those who don't know bosom is a it's very popular thick and dangerous area. yeah and chichester harbour and it is it's the stuff that could take you suck you under it's horrible but it's just sticky and yucky mm. so uh yeah so fortunately these bikes fold up and obviously hers folds up even more now <laughs> It's like a wheel. <laughs> yeah. So one front fork broke and the wheel came out the other side out of the uh, the drop thing, whatever it's called. Mm. So uh, I've been on to the bike shop because we only bought these in November. And yes. uh, they were taking it down there on Saturday. And I said, I really, having thought about it, really shocked that the fork it broke. Snapped. And he said, yeah, he said, um, I've been in contact with the manufacturers already. Fortunately, it's a British manufacturer as well. So it's all reasonably local easy mm. yeah so hopefully but um unfortunately the pothole comes under the category of we'll do it when we need to so it's yeah. all because when it's it less gets, than three centimeters when it gets bad enough for someone to crash into it well you would have thought that would have been enough and it's, it's right opposite a junction so it's just Seems it's silly. just dangerous and i went yeah, out for a ride today and the state of the roads is just shocking they're awful That's, at the moment yeah really awful. really bad and apparently there's another cold snap coming 10 days so oh, it'll just no. get worse again well she looked like batman <laughs> did a bit um fortunately nothing broken bruises and some scrapes and not put off riding the bike no uh, which is an important thing mm-hmm. so uh, uh, it's, it's one of those things um, you have to not look at the front wheel because if you do, you fall off, and that's exactly what, yes. what happened. You sort of have to look up up the road, which is quite a hard thing to do in the middle of an accident. But. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, do you have a top tip for this week? I do have a top tip. Excellent. And I do. I just. I need to. I need my phone so I can read out what it is. Right. So. Uh, my top tip is that if you're getting married, which is quite a niche a niche group of people, I can't imagine how many people of our listeners are getting married recently. But anyway. Well, Dr. Zamboni's daughters might be heading that way. So it could be good advice for, for the good doctor. Oh, okay. So if you're getting married, um, you need to become a type A bride. 
type A personality bride. You don't have to be type okay. A all the time because type A's are, are a lot of things. They're, I, I hope I'm not this all the time, to be fair. They're self-driven and highly competitive, ambitious and goal-orientated, impatient and intolerant, aggressive and hostile, controlling and dominant, high risk of heart disease. I didn't know that was on the list. Entrepreneurial and workaholic, sense of urgency, fast-paced and too busy, motivated by challenges and easily stressed out. You have to be you have to be type A when you're a bride. I've come to this conclusion. Why is that? Because otherwise you get they they take you out of your money. They just take money from you without even realizing. Or they try to, unless you're type A like I am, and then you realize that they're trying to scam money out of you and you stop them. <laughs> Yeah, but that sort of implies a little bit like the introvert and extrovert thing. It implies that type Bs don't check. The well, type Bs are a bit more like chill, easy going, light-hearted, more like yeah, relaxed. So mm. they might not be fussed. I don't think you're many of the type As. I think possibly I'm, the first two. I'm definitely highly competitive. <laughs> Yes, well, we all know that. I'm not easily stressed out, though. I I don't think I'm that in sense no. in Taipei. But you do definitely want to take on some of the Taipei personality traits. Like, I've made the decision to write my bridesmaids uh, a itinerary for the Friday and Saturday. Well, that's a very good idea. That, that's just good planning. Yeah, because one of my things, right, is I don't want to be late because one of them is running late. Yes, exactly. Because that would stress me out. Yeah. I'd be annoyed at them. Yes, and we know how yeah. long some some of my bridesmaids take to do their hair. I, I don't. I, what yeah. you're saying is for the for the duration of being a bride, you just got to be a bit pushy. Yeah, and don't be don't be turned off by being called a bridezilla because that's not a thing. It's your wedding. You do what you want to do. Yeah, as long as you're not mean to people. Well, I've got another aviation based top tip. I don't know why this has happened. It's just pure <laughs> chance. Unfortunately, this one is a good one. It's a, a happy one. Not a, oh, good. Well, it may have started not very happy, actually. <laughs> I've looked at it again. So, this is uh, 1991, and it's a Boeing 747 that was used to evacuate some U- Ethiopian Jews. And 1,086 people got on that plane. On a Boeing mm. 747. So the plane that you go long distance, we used to go long distance to America, 1,086 people. Uh, but it landed with 1,088 because two babies were born on the flight. Oh my God. <laughs> In my head, I was like, how? Like, how yeah. are two more people being added to this list? Yep. They were like two hiding births. and they didn't log them. Two babies. Two That's births. mad. As in, like, I- one person gave birth to twins? Oh, could be, yes. Yes, it doesn't, doesn't go into would- detail. That would be mind-blowing if the, yeah. there's two separate pregnant women gave birth. Well, it, it, it could be. Yes, I thought that was quite a good fun fact. Um, obviously, the reason they were evacuated is not very fun. But, um, no. No. You know, they were taken to safety. And I want to end this episode on a post I saw from Very British Problems just before we started. The reward for January ending should be summer, not February. Quite yes, right. definitely. <laughs> quite right. That should be, uh, we need to change that around. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, 
there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.